0: Welcome to Between My Uncle and Me. I'm Alex. And I'm Luke. And this is a podcast about conversations I regularly have with my uncle. We talk about history, politics, relationships, you name it, we talk about it. If you listen and like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and leave us a
1: review. We would also love to hear from you, the listeners. So please email the Between My Uncle and Me podcast at bmuam.com. P O D at gmail.com. Feel free to ask us any questions that you would like. And if there's a particular topic that you would like to hear us discuss, please feel free to do so. Email us and let us know. Thank you. Welcome, Welcome back to Jersey. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Always.
0: Yes. Um, We are two days away from my favorite holiday.
1: Your favorite holiday?
0: Yes. (laughs) Which is what? Thanksgiving. Wow. Why is that? Two and a half days. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Thanksgiving is just, um, you know, I just like the family getting together every year. Okay. Everybody, uh, you know, we do it potluck style. Everybody makes their best dish. Yes. Uh you know with 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 no competition everyone has their dish
1: that they make and they they've perfected it over the years. That's right it's been so successful over the years. It's been great. It's a great model. I like it. Yeah. And um of course as you know um this year due to covid we won't be all meeting together but for over the last 10 plus years or whatever the amount was maybe 15 years as we've been doing this uh, potluck style Thanksgiving, I've always loved it because I always felt that I always said, and you might remember this. Correct me. Uh, uh-huh. You know, let me know if you remember it. I've always said, yeah, it's going to be as great as you make it, and yeah. I love it. Everyone will contribute their best this, whatever they're best at, and it's going to be as great as each individual person makes it,
0: and I love it. Yeah, that's your that's your saying for every. Uh Family function. <laughs> yes. And it's, but it's so true. You know, yes. it's, it's going to be as good as
1: anyone decides to make it. To make it, yeah. And I, and I must say, I must take the opportunity, opportunity to say that uh, over the years, um, you've been witnessing all of the family events. You've loved them. You've enjoyed them. You've taken all of them in. And as you you know, became an adult you were always excited about it and right now you are one of the principal people taking um, note of it and getting excited about it and moving things and making things happen so it's great it's part of the process and it's a wonderful thing to see and um, I'm still seeing that you know you still have the not as much of the glut that you used to have for Thanksgiving, <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> but God. you know you enjoy the food and stuff. But it's yeah. g- g- good to see that you cannot, you were not able to, you can't sustain that glut that you had when you were in yeah, your teenage I guess years. teenage
0: into early twenties. Yeah, four four plates have four plates have come down to one and a half, two plates max. Yeah. You know, I've, I've I've calmed down a little bit. The, the body, the body tells you uh what needs to be done.
1: Mhm.
0: No, I think um I I think the family the family functions are, are just are vital. You know, I think they're I think they're very important. Um, you know, we you know we don't all really we don't necessarily all live that close to each other but not too far, yes. you know, New Jersey, New York, but we're we're all, you know, kind of scattered about and, you know, everyone's everyone's schedules, you know, we've got you know, we've got, you know, people working, we've got people in college, we've got people in high school, everyone's on a different schedule with different yes. different plans. so I really do take it seriously when, um, you know, uh, the holidays come around or whatever the events are that our family gets together to make them as fun as possible because I'm big on, I'm big on traditions and, yes. uh, it kinda, it, you know, kinda breaks my heart a little bit that, uh... This is the first year in over twenty years. Yes, that's how long we've been doing Thanksgiving. Um, over twenty years that we're not doing it this year. Um, yes, And yes. that's that's because of uh, COVID nineteen and yes. just wanting to, you know, uh, you know, I'll sacrifice, I'll sacrifice this Thanksgiving to have a Thanksgiving with the with the entire family next year in the future. You know, yes. in the in the future, and have you know, and have
1: many more Thanksgivings. Yes. 2020 is proving itself to be uh, definitely a special year. Yeah. says that is forcing a good number of people to exempt this year as far as a big Thanksgiving yeah, um, celebration and yeah, and gathering. It, yeah, and it's the I think it's the right
0: move, you know. Yes. And we we all congregate at uh at grandma's house and you know, she's she's 85. 85 pretty. 85?
1: Uh, 82. Is she?
0: Yeah. Oh man, I don't yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. She's eighty-two, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we we just have to treat her with the utmost utmost care. And you know, the, it's, it's not it's not worth the the risk of of, of her getting sick yes. or anyone else in the family getting sick. So, yes. Um, and do you have you figured out what you're doing for Thanksgiving yet?
1: Oh yeah, I, I believe so. Um, pretty much. Um. Exactly, as you mentioned, we will not be gathering at my mother's uh-huh. this year in Brooklyn. And um, I think um, I'm just going to be home okay. with the immediate family. I believe your your mother, your yeah. mom will be uh, in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, I uh-huh. think we are,
0: as much as I'd want to stay and, and stay here, we you know, literally can't can't make anything. So uh, I think we're going to go to Jasmine's sister's. Okay. Um, and it's just uh, her and Sonny. Okay, wonderful. And um
1: uh we're gonna have we're gonna have Thanksgiving. Great, great. Yeah, and Thanksgiving, um, you know, we've made it in conjunction with you know with tradition of uh having a lot of food. And of course Thanksgiving could be mean a lot of different things to different people. Some could just be the gathering of family, some could be just the opportunity to eat a whole bunch of food and practice a little gluttony. Yeah. And Thanksgiving could also be giving thanks to some of the uh good fortunes, one things that they have. And um to go into a segue, one of the things that, you know, I I'll mention to you is that, you know, we always uh we're gonna bring my father as an issue into this Thanksgiving. Um, especially by the fact that we're not going to be gathering, as we just mentioned, in Brooklyn. And, you know, it'll be a chance to actually, you know, reflect on one of the guys, namely my father, who initiated so many things by having first come into the, this country and make sure we give thanks to him. He, he's, I mean, he's, he's the reason why we're all here. <laughs> yes. You know, if, if you
0: think about it, he's the reason why we're, uh, probably the reason why we're all here. And it's, um, you know, uh, you know around the around the holidays you know you, you you think about uh you know think about people who you know who who aren't here anymore and you think about uh you know the people who who made those holidays uh you know so special and uh you know grandpa definitely um just h- him being around he was always uh you know he always lit up the room and you always wanted to to hear what what he was saying you yes, know yes especially and,
1: what his grand... Kids would be up to, especially people of the likes of you. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just great,
0: you know. Um, just always being so happy to 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 see everybody, to see the family together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that's also part of why you know I, I just want to make sure that we we keep
1: doing that. Yes, yes. And of course, you know, he passed in uh, twenty eighteen. Yeah. And um, you know, for Thanksgiving again, it has the word literally to give thanks, and one of the things that for some of our listeners, um, we would like to point out one of the things that one of the people that we're taking some time to actually give thanks and appreciation to is, again, namely my my father. And I'm happy to know that, you know, when he was alive, I always had the, uh, I took the opportunity to tell him sometime. I said, yeah, it was very good that you were not happy when you were in Haiti. You were not satisfied with your lot, you are not satisfied with where you are at, because had you been satisfied, you never would have tried to do whatever was necessary to actually leave and come to America. And especially in my case, sometimes when I would think about it, um, I was born in Haiti. I definitely was not born here. I came here again at the age of nine. So sometimes I would think, i say, wow, I would have been the one in Haiti possibly trying to make my way and hearing yeah. about New York and yeah. thereafter if I were up to it and okay then maybe thereafter I'd be trying to see how I'd make it out I to New York I know but you know I didn't have to uh, make make that effort and fight so I always tell him yeah I'm happy about that I'm happy he was not satisfied says that he was motivated and compelled to do whatever it was necessary for him to do. And, of course, we'll let you speak in a second. Of course, the last time I know we had touched up on my father, his immigration experience, and likewise mine, we didn't go very much in depth about it. But, of course, as we continue to speak here, it's something um, um, we'll be dedicating this Thanksgiving, um, upcoming Thanksgiving day and holiday too yeah by honoring someone who's definitely was a hero to us and deserves thanks and appreciation
0: yeah um, so then what did he say
1: about uh so when you would tell him that what what was his response and his response would be, yeah, um, you know, that's what it was because he would just he was just growing up in his midst among his multiple brothers, a good number of them, seven eight brothers, one sister and other family in the village. And he would just look around him as, as a young man. And as he would tell it to me, he would just see poverty all around. Uh-huh. And he would say he just would see that that's all that he saw. And he was determined in that he said, someone has to be able to do something. And just to reiterate, maybe some of our viewers, uh, we, we had touched up on his life just a little bit, um, maybe on, on in one of our previous podcasts. And of course, you know, he was orphaned by the time that he was 17. His mother had died when he was much earlier, when he was much younger, rather, I'm sorry. And his father... By the time that he came about to be 17, his father had died of a stroke. And he always repeats this story to me over and over again all the time. Says that he said, yeah, his last memories of his father was that his father was lying on a bed. He already had suffered a stroke and it was maybe a morning and he was due to be going to school that day. And his father would just look at him and say, you know, what are you doing here? you know, leave, Mm -hmm. go to school or something like that. And he always remembers that. And he says those were, and he did go to school that day. And of course, by the time when he came back, you know, his father, you know, was gone. So I guess that's one of the reasons why he always like, always all about education. Education was always big for him. Everything was always big. It's all about education all the time. Yeah, that's it. I've heard some of these stories
0: like 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 vaguely um mm-hmm. uh you know he he told me different stories but that it makes sense why he was so serious about going to school and getting good grades yes uh, if if that's like if that's the last memory that he had of his father obviously at that moment of all the things that his father could have told him it was go to school. Like, exactly. don't worry about me here. That's right. There's nothing you can do here. So, I mean, that, I, I, you know, however old he was, you would have to imagine that whatever your dad was telling you in that moment, yeah, there's a significant, uh th- th- this school thing is of significant importance.
1: Yes. That was, uh, so yeah. you go figure figure that out. That's That's right. That was his last searing memory of his father. And especially he had about, Seven or eight brothers. There were so many of them, and he had only one sister. And of all of them, of course, you know, his father was not— they're from a farming village, so his father was not that well-to-do. So he was the last boy, last son, and he was the only one that the father was literally able to pay for some type of schooling for. Okay. So of all of the other ones, none of them got— a formal education, okay, he was the last one, and he was he said his father was determined to such that even if he was not able to send the previous seven or eight uh. and he had to make sure that he was able to send the, that last one to school and you know, and it came out of course that he was the most successful one in terms of all of them academically, to have been able to have had an education, to have eventually gone to the city because they were from a regular village not sure. even the main city you know of Haiti not Port-au-Prince or anything like that What was the name of the town Okay it's called okay. uh meaning at the houses okay. literally but in French means Yeah uh you know I've been there Yeah I'm sure yeah That was a a, a cool experience when I was mm-hmm. when I was younger I remember
0: go, going there and you know Seeing where where you guys grew up, where, nature, where you guys came nature. from, yeah, it was. Um, I I just remember um, having to get on a get on a donkey to get up this this mountain. Yes, is, that you guys lived on, which
1: was pretty yes, pretty that, high up there. Because th- that area, really, especially when I was much younger, uh, maybe about I'm talking about a kid, very young, nine, ten, nine. Nine years old approximately. Yeah, there were no true roads in that sense. Cars were not able to make it out there to that uh, mountainous area. So horses and donkeys were the uh, chicest mode (laughs) of transportation. Yeah. So
0: so how—so what—I'm asking you all these questions Mm -hmm. because— you, you you've had more conversations with grandpa sure. than than, than mm-hmm. I have obviously mm-hmm. you know you, you, your daddy raised you um what what level what how far
1: in school did he get do you know the equivalent yeah the equivalent no. of 8th grade really. okay okay i mean and you know he that's one of the things sometimes he would always say um you know he's so happy and appreciative that his father gave him a chance to learn how to read and write, Yeah, to learn how to read and write. And it was the equivalent of eighth grade education by that time. There was no true uh, advanced or extensive form of education in, the, in that rural part of that city by the name of Okai in, in, in Haiti at the time. And But, of course, one of the things that he was ap- always appreciative of is that there was a nun who was the director of the particular school that he was able to attend, she challenged him and she had him aspire to bigger goals Says that he's always said that a good number of the local students from that village, they would always aspire to go become a tailor. Okay. Um, to make jeans and okay. cut up, you know, and sew a couple of shirts and pants, uh-huh. which I believe, I'm sure, you know, it requires some type of skill. Yeah. But the teacher felt that, you know, he should, have, he should aspire to more um, maybe become a machinist or something and eventually that's what he actually did that's what he pursued once he went to the to the town of Port au Prince he did some other trades and but he always had some interest and guidance due to what that nun had instructed him and he learned machinist so to be a machinist so that was that was her that was the nun's idea that was the nun's idea initially and that's one of the reasons why he always held her in reverence okay and he always uh um, why him why him particularly you
0: know him, what i mean if if if, every, if like if if you're from this if you're if you're from this town where everyone is everyone's poor there's so much poverty like you said and literally all people can think of being is you know the you know, low low skilled labor, you know, making jeans, working in a factory. I'm assuming, um, in in the in the town. Yeah, well, she always believed that
1: he was a very good and hardworking student. Okay. Yeah, and maybe you know, just Taylor. Everyone was doing Taylor, and she always he was always. She held him in reverence because she believed she he was a hard suited Like he always. I'm sure she, she was able to see and understand that. He didn't have a lot, but he was one of the hardworking, more conscientious students. Okay, And um, he pursued that machinist. And literally, him having been a machinist as he was seeking a visa to get a visa to come to New York, that's what he was able to get um, the visa on. By the fact that he was a skilled worker, a machinist yeah. in the 1968 Okay. At that time, about sixty nine, and you could imagine back then, nineteen, you know, which is a significant uh, years ago, that was like high tech because I remember by the time that I was a student at Brooklyn Technical High School in Brooklyn, I was still learning some type of machinist, like you know, to make parts out of metal and okay. with machine with laser lathe machine. So you, one could imagine, you know, a st- uh, a young person, you know, from Haiti. Not having had access to high tech, he learned a trade and to have become a machinist by the time that he came to the US with a skill trade. So that was a big thing. Sometimes when I analyze it, it's just like one might have had the technical computer equivalent um, of of technology at that time because uh, years later it was still relevant in terms of, you know, at a machine shop, becoming a machinist, making parts out of raw metal. Okay. Okay. So, so when did, so
0: grandpa's father died when he, you said when he was 17? When he was 17 years old. When he he was 17. So he had already, so he had already been
1: out of school for. pretty much out of school, basically, or or maybe just having gotten out of school. I don't know exactly what year he might have completed the equivalent of the eighth grade. Okay but I guess by that time you know he was done and you know they were from the farming village and you know he had a couple of brothers and everyone was trying to make their way yeah you know, in, in that regard you know so how did he uh how did he get to
0: you know how did he get to the big city to the next step to yeah get, you know, you know what I mean? from
1: you know from once you're from a village as he tells the story of course which makes sense is that pretty much what people have are their little livestock that they might have whether it's a couple of goats maybe mm. a cow here and there yeah <laughs> and when he when he's made the decision that this type of life is not for him and he would always say he would see some of his brothers and other local people they would be working the land and you one could imagine how much work it takes to do Manual labor in a field. Ma- manual labor in a field. You know, just try digging up a little plot of dirt to plant a couple of trees in your backyard, and you'll get an idea how what kind of labor he was talking about. So they, they were, were, farmers. were farmers. They were farmers. From they, were, they were farmers. Communities. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, so when he what, decided, what were they planting? Do it. Um, every, everything in terms of uh, cereal, like the corn. Okay. The wheat. Yeah um you know like feels of it okay that type of thing okay. and you'll have some livestock that every now and then you'll sell just like a typical farming thing you maybe you might you know sell the cow sell the goat that type of thing that's how it was okay. and so when he's decided that he that that was not the life for him he had to sell literally all of his belongings he had to sell the cow that he had. He had to leave it with a brother or sister to take care of and sell the, and sell whatever other livestock that he had to accumulate the money so that he could literally go to the capital city of Haiti, which is Port-au-Prince, an area where a town that still he did not know anyone and he was just going by contacts and friends and such that once he got to the city thereafter for him to... Make a living there, having left, of course, everything that he knew. And everyone in the in the old city. Yeah. And everything and everyone that he knew in the old city. And once he's there, you had once he was there, as he would explain it, he would have to find a job that's able to pay his help him pay lodging, pay food, and pay everything else. Do you know do you know where he stayed? Um, I don't know where he stayed, but initially he would stay with contacts of contacts, okay. people who would have referred him that yeah. this person, he'd be able to stay there temporarily, but all those things are always temporary, and he had to earn a living while he's there, you know, temporarily to eventually move to a location of his own in the city. So he did, he did get his own place. Yes, at some point he got a location of his own in this city. So In the city, yeah. Uh, so Port I'm just Port trying to piece together mm-hmm, the sure.
0: timeline, because mm-hmm. I some of this stuff I, I don't know. So yeah. then, do you know at what
1: age he got... To Port-au-Prince? Uh, I don't know the exact age. I don't know the exact age. But once he would get settled there after that, he would try to bring uh you know send money back home to my mom. Okay, you know, it's uh it was literally like that. It was just in, in so you an, guys you were already born. A good number Maybe your mother and Auntie's while he was in Port-au-Prince might have been. Oh. I was not, based on what I understood, was not necessarily there yet. Yeah, yeah, got it, got <laughs> it, okay. So, so that-
0: he had already met, because Gra- this whole time you're telling the story, I'm I'm waiting for the part
1: where he meets yeah. grandma. Yeah, the details of that, They were, the village was so close and nearby, he had already known grandma okay. already prior to him having gone to Port-au-Prince. Got it. So he knew about her. Okay. So... Periodically, you know, once he came back, you know, then, you know, you know, he married her and then from there, since he was of Port au Prince, you know, your mom and then Undies would be born, but he would still be pretty much a city that's what you didn't do when you become like a city guy. I Established city guy okay, over there. Okay. And he would have his wife, which is my mom, back in the village and he would be going back and forth as the big boy, city boy by by then. You know, until eventually, by the time that I was born in 68, he had been in Port-au-Prince some time ago, obviously prior to 68. And then, May 69, May 1969, then he made it to New York. Okay. So literally, when I was about maybe a couple of months old, not yet one year old, he then came to the U.S. in 69, exactly, which makes sense because he was born in 1934 and he came to the U.S. at the age of 35, 1934, plus 35 years later, 1969. That's when he came because he came into the U.S. when he was 35, at the age of 35. Yeah, yeah, so exactly, he came in 69. Yep. He came in 69. So that's how that was the beginning of it. And of course, the reason that I mentioned that, um, you know, again, what does that have to do with Thanksgiving? Yeah. Thanksgiving is giving thanks and being appreciative for the good things that you think you have that you're fortunate about in life. And such that with me, I- I'm always happy sometime even when my father was alive. I would always tell him, you know, I'm not a person of prayer. I don't pray the statues. My father grew up Catholic, good religious guy, God-fearing, wonderful, just lovely. But f- as for myself, based on my education, that's one of the reasons why I went to engineering school. I completed engineering at the age of 22. I'm happy and proud that I was able to develop a certain amount of independent thinking And I'm appreciative of that for for what I went to university for, not just to learn a trade, but to obtain an education. And that education allowed me to conduct my own independent analysis. And as much as I love my father, I would always debate with him. I do not share the praying to the statues contained within a Catholic church. Not that I have anything specific against Catholicism at all, so I don't want anyone to feel offended. I'm not knocking that at all. I think it's perfectly fine if that's what one chooses to do. It does not remove anything from me. I'm perfectly happy with that. But one of the things that I've, I'm happy that I, the way that I am in terms of I, I know who my heroes are. I appreciate my heroes. I'm not a person of prayer. Otherwise, I would pray to my heroes. Okay. But one of my heroes, without a doubt, I know, yeah, the, the the person who's worked hard for me, along with my family as well, the person who fought for me, the person who had my interest, who cared and loved me, namely who that, that person being, of course, my mother. But, of course, specifically, as I'm speaking about my late father, says that he's my hero he's the one who's made a huge difference in my life in the sense that had he not done what he did, had he not sacrificed what he was ready to sacrifice as a young man in his 20s and at the age of 35 when he decided he was going to have to leave to Haiti to find better means and a better way of supporting his family, I perfectly understand. I might have either been, maybe I would have been okay in haiti or or successful but who knows i I would probably most likely be not doing that well right right (laughs) i don't know so so because of that i always feel happy and proud that yeah that person is my hero that person affected my life i'm not one of the people to be shown move um propaganda via movies religion or any other way to make me believe those are great people, that those people are great and wonderful people and heroes. No, they're not my heroes. I don't know who they are. I don't know who's in—they were were defending their interests. But uh, even with my own kids, I have two boys. Right now, 121, 117. And I always make sure I tell them about their grandpa. Yeah. And same grandpa as you. They have the same grandpa as you. Yes, they do had to take me a second there to think about it, but yeah. no. And I always make sure that I tell them about him so that as far as my two boys, yes, I want them to analyze the truth and the facts around them as well. I did not raise them to idolize statues in a church or otherwise. I did not encourage them to to absorb a certain amount of faith such that it does not necessarily have to be based on facts. No, even though I will admit I I did put them in a Catholic school simply for the education purposes in terms of the strictness, the austerity, the importance that they've put on education and how they conduct their education. But strictly simply for that value, not for the, quote, religious value of it. So that's a full disclosure with, with that. But I always make sure I remind, you know, remind my son, especially Brendan, the one that I still have a little bit more control over right now because <laughs> he's younger. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> my other son, you know, by the age of twenty-one, yeah. who, who shall remain nameless for the moment, okay, <laughs> has a mind of his own right now. Yes,
0: <laughs> as, as you do as. as
1: <laughs> <You know. laughs> so in, uh, in, in the, the interesting thing with my son Brandon I've always told I said you know what i just to let you guys know you know you're responsible for your life in terms of what are your goals are what yours how, you, how you're trying to become successful what you're seeking what are, what you're going to define as the thing that you need to achieve in your life to make you to make yourself happy and you know whatever that it is. Well, my, my younger son Brandon of in the, of seventeen would like to become a major European soccer player. My son Bruce would like to become a, a major producer or artist of some sort. But I was always, of course, tell them. I say, understandably, you'll see a lot. You'll see a lot of examples in your life. But of course, if you want. To follow someone's path in terms of how to be successful, I say find out and learn about your grandfather, which who is my father. Find out and learn how he was able to achieve his goals, and I say to them, one hundred percent guaranteed, you're going to be successful. Yeah, I I, I, be, I believe that. Um, you know, one
0: of one of my favorite one of my favorite stories about Grandpa was um it wasn't it wasn't a favorite story at the time cuz i i i was kind of i was kind of ticked off at him um but basically i didn't start i didn't start really caring about school much until like 11th grade like i got mediocre grades before that and kind of just I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I just knew that there were certain subjects in school that I particularly didn't care about. And I was just the kind of kid that if, if it, if I didn't, if I couldn't see how, why I needed it, I was not giving it any attention, And that's just kind of how I, how, how I was. So when I, when I, when I got it in my mind that, oh, you know, um, I think i want be i think I want to be a lawyer i that was around that was around eleventh grade i was i took a u in the law class in um in 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 high school and i i loved that class it 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 had all the things that i that I liked i liked i like i liked reading i liked history and I liked writing and I was like okay I was like this is what this is what I want to do I want to do this so immediately and you know, I started putting more effort into it and mind you, like my whole life, pretty much mediocre, mediocre student, right? My mom, you know, my mom went to Columbia University and um, she again, she said, you, you know, you, that's your, your sister. You guys grew up with my grandfather, who school was the most important thing. It would seem that school is the most important thing. So that was definitely the tone at my house where it was like. School, like the only thing she cared about was me doing well in school, and for the for for most of my school schooling, I that I did not share that that common goal. So, you know, whenever we got around Grandpa, she'd always mention how like you know not doing well, not doing what I'm supposed to do, and stuff like that. So, it just I just remember this where I'm finally starting, I'm finally getting into a groove getting better grades and doing starting to do well and there was this big exam that i that i that i that I took it was like you know some 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 math class and I and I always hated math um and you know just finally putting in the effort I got a 97 on this like big exam mm-hmm. right wow mm-hmm. it was like it was like, like the, my final like 90, yes, yes. 97. and yeah, I was, was I was so happy yeah that was great and I couldn't wait to go to Brooklyn yes. and show grandpa this A that I just got. Yes. So, was it around Thanksgiving? I can't, re- I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Go ahead. But go ahead. I can't remember, but I I I I remember getting over there and I was just so happy and I'm like, I'm like, Grandpa, look, check it out. Boom, got this. Mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. Not, got a 97 on this exam.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And he, you know, he he you
0: know he looked at he looked at the exam, and he was like. He's like, oh, you know, no. Actually, the first thing, yeah, the first thing he said, he said, he said, he said, this is good. He said, this is, this is, this is really good. But what happened to the other three points? <laughs> yes. And and I was just like, I was like, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? I I, 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 I seriously I couldn't believe it because like you understand, like I couldn't wait. To, to, I couldn't wait to get there, to I show, because because he would always just talk to me all the time yes. about doing you know like doing well in school. Uh, my mm-hmm. grades were important and mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. So finally, finally, I'm trying and I'm putting effort in. It's like by mm-hmm. any any set, this is an A plus.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right, A. No,
0: no, ninety seven to one hundred
1: A Ninety seven to one hundred. Yeah, that okay. was an A plus. Okay.
0: That was an A plus. 90, it was like a 90, 93 to ninety six was an A.
1: According to whose standards? Because I thought my father's would have been a hundred is A plus. <laughs>
0: well, well, that's that's my, why he asked well, you for the three. Well, hundred to grandpa, grandpa was probably was just, just an a. There, was no a. there was no There was no pluses. <laughs> he wasn't giving out pluses. So, I get And he was like, "What happened to the other three points?" And I just remember, I was like, "What the heck." Like, what are you supposed to do? How do you please this person? Or like mm-hmm, what is what is mm-hmm. what is his deal? Yeah, yeah, and and then I and I just but I remember that like that drove me. It drove me even more though mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was because it was in my mind. I thought like okay, I was a mediocre student. I bring a ninety seven home. He's gonna be thrilled.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: But he was like. His mindset was like, okay, well, like you, you can do better than this.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe he never considered you to be the mediocre student that you had made yourself believe that you were. Well, no, I, it's, it, it's uh, when I say when I say I was a mediocre
0: student, I just meant as far as like my effort. I think mm-hmm. the the one thing every teacher ever told my parents, you know, like the back to school nights and stuff, was mm-hmm. uh, or, uh, literally every progress report I ever got was. Alex has so much potential, mm-hmm. but doesn't apply himself Yeah, yeah, yeah. across, across the, board the board for years. years. Mm-hmm. So finally I'm applying myself and then, and then I get that response and I was just, like, you know, okay. So it actually, it actually drove me even more because he, he, he knew that that wasn't, that wasn't my best. Even though at that time I thought like, oh, I, I didn't care about the, th- care about the three points, but then, so then I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll try harder. Right. Yes. Yes. And um, it was funny because, like you know, I I finally you know I I got into college, um, got into Seton Hall University mm-hmm. by the skid of my teeth mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. like like I said, like my my freshman and sophomore year weren't that great. I was on the waiting list until August. Like yes. the school starts, school starts in August. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know if I was going to college mm-hmm, mm-hmm. until a week before school. The classes wow, started. Wow. Yeah, wow. I I only got into I got into one school I would I could have gotten wow. into I would have mm-hmm. got into community college but I, I didn't want to go to community college. Okay.
1: but that must have been a little stressful for you at the time, right? It it was
0: because I my my grades had drastically improved but they still like my freshman and sophomore year were, were really holding hold, holding me back. And I and I don't think and and at that at that time I hadn't actually ever gotten an A in a class in high school before mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. overall. A in a class, mm-hmm. except like, you know, like gym, uh, you, don't, you don't, get that much credit for, you don't get that much credit for gym class. Right. Yes. So then, um, I get into Seton Hall by the skin of my teeth and, but by that time it's like, okay, I've already, like, I know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I have some practice studying, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, diligently. I got my first A in in college my first a in a class mm-hmm. was in college okay and that's a, that if you think i always think that's a little crazy to think about like the first yeah. the first a that i got in a class mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. in college yeah yeah. and yeah, i got yeah. straight a's in college oh that's great that's so, great like dean's, yeah. list, oh, that's great dean's list throughout you oh, know what i mean wonderful. so yeah. so it was just like it, it, i just remember it being like that moment where i was like okay fine I, there's 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 another there's another gear in there you know, I played sports but it's fine it's like academically too then fine there's another mm-hmm. gear that you could always you could always work hard and then, but and mind you like I busted my butt mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. those grades mm-hmm, I was pulling mm-hmm. Before, I was studying non-stop studying but, but in between classes I'm I'm studying mm-hmm. coming home after classes I'm studying into that's, the night that's like, what it takes pulling all night yes. yes. yeah for all, some
1: that's what it takes yes. all
0: throughout college so like I knew that one thing is like look I might not be the smartest person, but I will work harder than you.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And whatever that brings me, uh, whatever whatever I, whatever that brings me is what I'll, I'll get. But it won't be for whatever I get won't be for a lack of effort. Mm, great, great. I'm going yeah. to. Yeah, that was a great attitude. I'm going yeah. to do, and that's and that's still how I am now. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting. It how has pros
1: and cons. It's interesting how you're attitude at that time, even in college and also, I hate to say it, unfortunately, in my case as well, in high school, was so similar in terms of personality, Yeah, me and you, yeah. Because in in in, in high school, my freshman and sophomore was in that grade as well. I picked things up by my junior year and okay. senior year because I understood and I knew, hey, I had to get myself to a university okay. and I was trying to get to an engineering u- university at the time, yeah. which was Polytechnic University. In the, you uh, know, in, in uh, at that time, and uh, I did. And even when I got to college, you know, I was really giving in my all and a lot of time and putting in a lot of time. And one of the things that, you know, my grades were pretty good. And some kids, in my opinion, thought that I was small, but I knew I, was, I really wasn't. I was just putting my time in. Yeah, yeah. And I understood that I, I made up with the time. And whatever the results that I was putting out in terms of the classes and the grades, it was, it was being successful. So I, it was interesting that how it was so similar, and that's what I did. I put in a lot of time yeah. too at that time. So you could imagine just that one time when you brought the 97 to your grandpa, yeah. my father, yeah. and he was asking you, "Well, what happened to the other three points after you've scored a whopping 97?" So now you could imagine living with that person <laughs> year in year out every day of your life, yeah, for a good amount of years and of course, that's what it was. He was not a low achiever, obviously, just to understate it, and you know he he was a you know high achiever, and he expected the best all of his kids to do the same and to be the best to become the best and he would always say that to us, he would say. Yeah, you know, we we could be, we could live in whatever neighborhood that we are in, and the neighborhood has nothing to do with you, Yeah, and it's all a matter of what you're going to do, what you're going to become, and even if you were to be seeing everyone else around you doing ridiculous things and slacking off, you have to serve as an example (laughs) to the rest of your peers, yeah. or whomever your peers may be, so it's uh, it, you know it's uh, and that's what it took. That's what it took. It, and, and from when, as we were growing up ourselves, you know, my you know, there was there were no excuses for anything. It's like whatever you had to do, you had to just do it. Get your education. Even when we first came here, of course, as one could imagine, we did not know a word, a word of English. And every day when we were there, when we were here, when my father came from work. My mother was more of the relaxed, great, good woman, hardworking woman. Got to mention her as well. In light of the fact that right now, you know, we're talking or dedicating this Thanksgiving to my father, your grandfather. He's the one who's not around, so we're doing that. Fortunately, my mother's still around. And uh, the only way, if you want to say the equivalent of your saying, good afternoon, daddy, would be like, how many words of English did you learn for that day? That's the way you say good afternoon to him. Oh, he wants to English. Basically. It's like yeah, yeah. the minute you see him, you say, what did you learn on Channel 13? How much more English did you learn? Yeah. That's how you speak to him, um, you know, effectively. Sure. And, um, and because of that, I always remember there was a a, 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 a classmate of mine at some point in either uh, in uh, late elementary or early high school, he were, at some point he saw me years later, he said to me, how did you guys learn English that fast? For me, it was such a foreign question to myself. I said, I said to myself, I didn't answer him directly, but I said to myself, if you have somebody like my father on you every day, and scary as he may be at times, you you be you gonna be learning that English very fast. So you know, of course, you know when my father like within. Wait, you think Grandpa was scary? Yeah, it's hard to for you to understand or believe that. But I don't know if you're asking <laughs> me that as sarcasm. No, no
0: I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being sarcastic. Oh wow. Okay. Gra- yeah, I've never seen Grandpa as a scary person. I think my my entire life, and I guess maybe I maybe that's how
1: it is for for I for, for
0: grandparents. Yeah, that's I where you that makes just... sense.
1: That makes sense. My father, my, my father, as you knew him, being a grandfather was a nice, sweet, yeah, older gentleman. Yes, nothing <laughs> of what he used to be like right when now. he used to be okay in his when I was growing up okay. with with him. I mean, that's what it took. In that sense, you know, luckily for me, I I believe that every, in my case, you know, different kids have different personalities. And I know for a fact, speaking for myself, I I needed to have grown up with a father figure that was scary and that you were scared of. Otherwise, if you, some kids might not have needed that, but I believe I'm one of those kids who might have needed that. So what made him, what made him scary? What was his personality like? Uh, His personality is that he'll tell you not to do something once. (laughs) And then the next time, you will be doing it again. (laughs) Okay. Oh, man. Uh, I'm telling you, it's a far cry from what you used to see the older gentleman as, okay? That's what it was. That's interesting.
0: I I feel that's like what it was. you know, I I feel, I feel like, like it it's it's so interesting when you, when you say that, you know, you you had some of the same high school experiences that, that that I did and I I I think I think you and I probably in
1: terms of attitude. Sure.
0: But but I I think you and I probably grew up a little similar in the, and, and, you know, you can tell me Alex, not a chance in hell. And that's fine. But I, I say that, I say like, I feel like my mom was
1: very, s- s-
0: s- she may have been very similar to grandpa.
1: Your mom might have been a disciplinarian.
0: Yeah, she was that, I was scared. That's what i being scared. Yeah. You know? she, she
1: might have been a disciplinarian and you know, however which way she conducted that. But of course, you know, my father, you know, from the old school, him being from the old school, you know, I would say, you know, he was in you know, he was fair in that sense, but from you know, he he you know you know, he'd put discipline on you at the time and I know as I say, you know, myself, you know, one of the kids when I was younger, without a doubt, you need that in terms of to have proper guidance. But you know, nothing um you know, you know fairness. To him that was uh, you know, crazy, crazy, you know. It was uh in that sense fair. You know what do you mean, like what do you mean? No, in terms of like he at times he always lets you know that he tries not to as a last resort. Ha- yeah, as a last resort, not to give you corporal punishment, Got you know, it. effectively. Okay. And you know, and sometimes when you think back as, you know, a young, you know, black guy growing up in uh, late late seventies Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn was not the, you know, best or safest or most exemplar exemplar neighborhood. You know, and you any have there wasn't a Whole Foods? There was not any Whole Foods at, at the time. time. Okay. <laughs> you know, and and everyone around there were not uh necessarily college bound and engineering. <laughs> That's just what it was at the time. Yeah. Um. So you always wanted to make sure that you know you don't go catching some bad examples and letting some um, um, slacker, lackadaisical attitude rub off on you too much, and not take uh, taking the bad examples. And you know that was very important. That was good, and without a doubt, that's one of the reasons why I know that you know I, I made sure that I I was able to get in engineering degree in the in the late eighties. So, what were
0: what were some of your like fondest memories of Grandpa growing up? Like as a
1: like as a kid. Yeah, you're right. You know that's very very good question. Um, in which falls right in line with our initial topic of our heroes. And um, of course, you know, I remember my fondest was in Haiti, Says that we're in Haiti. We're not with our, I was not with my mother or my father. Neither was your mother or uh, my other sister. And um, so we didn't have a lot of direct family contact. I had my cousins and my uncles who would visit me in that nunnery at the location where we were all being taken care of by the nuns, as I might have touched up with you in the past. And yeah. so whenever we would have family time, it was always such so treasured. It was always such a big deal. And there was a time, unexpectedly, unexpectedly as a kid, you don't know. Um, and out of nowhere, my father came from New York to Haiti and came to visit us, literally at the nunnery. Yeah. Literally at the location where the very nun who used to be his teacher w- once taught him. And that's where we were at in being taken care of by that same nun. And, because at this point both grandma and grandpa are we're in New, New York. York. Okay. Exactly. So, I would say if I'm could if I'm correct if I estimate correctly who knows? Maybe they could have been set 1974, 1975, and at that time I felt, oh man, I felt so great as a kid. Just I remember how I was feeling as a kid. I felt like so protected. I was like, yeah, wow, my actual biological father is here. No one could touch me now. So,
0: from that. How long had it been since you since you've seen him at the mo-
1: from the moment that you're talking about right now? How old are you? From the time that I might have seen him was maybe the first time ever in my life. Seriously, yeah. And how old are you? I must have been no more than I'll tell you. no more than six, seven. Wow. No more than six, seven. Because it was no, because uh, I came to New York permanently in 1977. I was nine years old at the time. I remember specifically in 1976, I had visited New York and went back. So that was eight years, that was at eight years old. And it was prior to those years, you see? So I must have been six or seven. Okay, so question. that was the first. That, that was the first time. Little, one of the first time yeah, that, yeah, I yeah, that I remember that was my father. That's nuts. And then at the time when he came, I was like, "Wow!" I felt so protected. And finally, like my father was, there, and I got a chance to sleep in. I remember that up to this day, I got a chance to sleep in the same room as he did. And in the morning, we went to the river to effectively take a shower, and I remember that and then he was swimming and he had put me on his back and he was swimming with me nice so that was truly a fun memory at that time and i felt so good and protected that i was literally with my own father at the time i felt like on top of the world no one could touch me yeah. and you know and he was the man you know he was the man you know coming from new york having this gift this gift for that nun this gift for that other nun at that time the whole world was revolving around him yeah and um or growing up something i never might have mentioned to you in 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 a way in the in the you know in the village or in the town i was we were somewhat of a celebrity you your mother your mother Andries, myself we were like the celebrity because everyone was always make a, making a big deal of us. Because we were the grandpa, literally because of grandpa. He was the literally the only one from the town who had gone to New York at the
0: time. Now was it because now was it because you guys had more than the other kids? Did you did you guys have more than other kids?
1: Yes, technically, yes. They they considered that to be once you're at the time your parents were in New York, you were definitely way better off. Than literally everyone in the whole village. Sure,
0: but you're but
1: you're not in New York. You're you're you're, you're in Haiti. Yeah, but they the, still w- with the other kids. With the you other d- kids, d- they, d- they still considered that because they they were not able to have to live at the nun because the nun, nunnery was basically a whole school. Just to give you the picture, it was a school. It was a big place, a big yard that had that took in a whole bunch of students every day. And those kids would come to get taught and they would go back home. Whereas with us, we stay there. That's where we lived. Were you the only ones? We were the absolute only only ones. Only ones that stayed there. Only ones. It was a special case that we were being taken care of for my father. So we were, you know, in that sense, the special kids in that sense. Understood. Not that, you know, we walked around and acted that way. Not at all. None whatsoever, but everyone saw you and treated you accordingly. As kids yeah, I mean, like as they, kids they, of privilege without sure. a doubt. Like you don't they don't see your parents, but then you're You're always there you're, being, you're, taken, you're, care being care of, taken care of and you live with of. the powers that be. You gotta say, once you are there in the, that time, the sister and the director of the whole school, that's the power that is. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Trying to say? Sure. And yeah. yet you are being taken care of by them.
0: Did you guys get treated differently from by them than the other kids?
1: Maybe we didn't know, but without a doubt, we're treated yeah. differently. Better. By them, yeah, than the, than the other kids. I don't, I don't know if better, because I always saw the nun as a strict disciplinarian nun. That's my memory of her. But, yeah. you know, you always feel you're being living with a, Disciplinary, disciplinary, and none. But I mean, as a kid, you're not necessarily enjoying that because you'd prefer to just be with your family, of course. But you know, your family's not there; they're in New York, working, taking care of business, effectively. But other kids always viewed you differently. Another, everyone's viewed you differently because the minute by, you know, um, back then, again, at around that time, not not a, a whole bunch of people were traveling to the U.S. the way that eventually over the years. It became no big deal. So, all right. So
0: you, you you said that you said that Grandpa was your hero. Now, are you are you saying that? Are you saying that today? Looking, are you saying that today? Are you saying that today? Looking back, and looking back, like okay, yeah, he was, he was my hero. He that he's your hero today. Based off of you know all the years that I've that that, that you've lived and, and that, that I've that have gone by, I know he was your <clears throat> he was your hero at six years old when 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 he came to and you and you and you met him for the first time. Do you still feel that same fondness of him as a teenager? Because teenage years you are usually like
1: you know well, of course mean, you're you know once you become yourself once and, you become a teenager everything goes downhill. Okay so, so that did but of course you know j- during the teenagers it was completely different. It was like uh you know you're you're experiencing a certain amount of life experiences, maybe you become a little bit more rebellious you're I'm hanging out, you know i was go- hanging out with my friends you know in high school, and you you start developing a different attitude, and yeah, definitely not at that time, I was not necessarily okay. Appreciating my father that way because then I really could not understand him. I was like, this guy, you know, he he liked his things, of course, you know, know, he's a strict guy, hardworking guy, worked at his machine shop. And um, sometimes I would wonder, if like, you know, what is it? What is it up? What's up with this guy? (laughs) I would wonder, you know. And um, as I, of course, uh, gave him a hard time, of course, including. Including my mother at the time, I'm sure. You know, you know, parents' heartaches sure. with their young sons as you know you're growing up and you know whatever's going through your mind. Says that I was not all that necessarily. Uh, you know, I obviously, obviously, I had a lot of potential. I understood that I could do work, and I was smart. If I wanted to be, I got to Brooklyn Technical High School at the time, which was one of the top three high schools in Brooklyn for which you had to take an entrance examination. I was happy and proud about that. But then, you know, I was not appreciating um, my parents without a doubt the same way that I am now. You know, by the time you become an adult, you get a, you know, you graduate from college, you get a degree, and you try to earn a living yourself, and especially in turn when you have your own kids, then you're understanding, you know, the sacrifices, the efforts, and the responsibilities That goes with parenthood and you're imagining, imagining how much of a hard time, you know, you might have been giving your parents to the point such that you wouldn't appreciate if your kids give you half the trouble that, um, you know, that you you used to give uh, your parents. So, uh, but yeah, I. It was interesting that you asked me about that question, my fondest memory regarding that, but I was, it was so innocent. I enjoyed it, you know, when I was that much younger and he came and I remember it was like, that was your hero. It's like, uh, and then, you know, of course over the years, like full circuit, then I would be telling my, and then I, you know, I'm happy to know that while he was alive, I would always tell him, I'm like, yeah, you know, your efforts, what you've accomplished based with, um, um, considering what you've had, what you had, and what you had to make do with, is a huge accomplishment. And accomplishment, it may not, and it does not. Other people's who might have been, who might have inherited millions, their efforts do not necessarily compare with yours. Considering everything that you had to go through, based on what you had and where you came from, and how you had to do it honestly at every step of the way. So. You know, So I know,
0: I know, I know religion was a religion and faith was a big part of, uh, of grandpa's life as a, you know, as a, as a grandson, that's something that I always saw from, you know, as early as I could ever remember him. That's what he, that's what he did on Sundays and that's what he, you know, he's a very religious guy. What, Outside of that, did he have any like what what were his what were his interests outside of work and and and
1: church? Like was he was he into was he into politics? Was he into Yeah, he enjoyed politics a little bit. You know, he would go out to the meetings, um, and, and a good number of his politics I would say would be gentlemanly politics in that sense. Some of his um church colleagues would go in some possibly let's say there were there might have been some protests being organized and he would have been with them and uh participating in the protests. And at the time from what I remember there were a lot of protests at that time against from his time, you know, the Vietnam? The no the contemporary president of Haiti at that time. Okay. You know, namely Duvalier, that type of thing. Okay. So those were the protests that at times he would you know be politically aware about and he would participate in those protests but that that's about it and then but over the years it became primarily just his church group you know his you know in t- in practicing um his religion
0: so but but you but you remember as as a as a, as a kid or 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 a teenager i don't know what the what the years were you remember him like going out to yes, to protest yes definitely 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 so in that sense he was a little you know politically aware and active but most mostly like you said mostly about things that were happening back in Haiti pertaining to Haiti with the government and things like that what about what about in this country
1: mm, nothing no protest specifically okay. over here as it pertains to events that were happening okay. over here i remember my first i remember my first protest
0: I do. do. I was like, um, I was a kid. Uh-huh. I remember, I remember driving to DC with my parents, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. was. Uh, 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 um, I I assume Aristide must have Aristide uh, president of Haiti at the time must have been removed from power, mm-hmm. because I just remember chanting "We want Aristide" okay. all day. Okay. Um. <laughs> so I don't know I don't actually know what was going on then I don't know if you yeah,
1: yeah the, the the time frame of the yeah the the time frame or the dates as it pertains to that former president of Haiti is still a little bit murky for me but I know there was a time that he was in and then he was out and then he was ousted and I don't have all the dates and time frames um, you know in my in my head right now regarding those events but you know he's been out for a while he was ousted for a while.
0: Yeah, I only I only bring those things up because you know I I just as an, as you go into adulthood, you realize how so much of your how how you are often very much like your parents, mm-hmm. um, the good and 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 the, and the bad parts that you, you that you may not that that you may not want, but that that are just ingrained in you as far as just growing up with someone, you know. Guiding you through life yeah. for twenty plus years, um, so it's just interesting when you tell me that. Yeah, you know, that was one of the, those were some of the other things that he mm-hmm. was in, involved with. My mom was also very,
1: yeah, he was politically very, aware, he was
0: politically aware, you know, and, and stuff like that. And yeah. you know, and, and and so am I today. You
1: know, it's just yes. interesting. Yes, you know, it, it affects. It, yeah, obviously, it definitely, kind of uh, affects and helps set your sense of right and wrong politically. I believe that. Yeah, and you know, of course, you know, again, you know, with my father, one of the thing that definitely defined him, you know, his, uh, his hardcore discipline yeah. towards whatever that he was endeavoring to achieve. So that's one of the reasons why, again, just to go back very quickly to iterate, um, if one were to know him, I always tell my sons, yeah, you want to be successful, follow him, learn about him to the things and uh, address the things the way that he would address it. And as far as applying discipline and, you know, you'd be successful. And I was happy to see there was a time yeah, my, my son, Brendan, in his room, he had, you know, grandpa's picture in his mirror nice. in his dressing mirror. Yeah. So once he had done that, I said, you know what? You understood exactly what I'm saying. Therefore that means you're going to pursue what you need to pursue with the vigor that you need to pursue it to achieve the success that you need in whatever it is that you are indeed pursuing because you know my father's attitude as he was growing up trying to earn and make a way for himself was that by any legal means necessary there was going to be no excuses and failure was not an option that's always been his uh his his attitude and If one were to trace it and it proves it, that's one of the reasons why he's able to, he made his, he made his way. He made his life, came to the U.S. on his own and held it and took care of and sent five kids to college. Crazy. On a machinist working, working salary. And, you know, I always wonder and I always marvel at the determination, the diligence and the work ethic of those people from that error because it's hard to duplicate and i often have to say that i I presume that their times and their growing up kind of made and formed them in terms of their ability to to achieve things and of course you know it'll try to be emulated but i don't know will it be duplicated <laughs> yeah i mean for sure you know w- w- can can't be duplicated
0: um you know fortunately <clears throat> we're all here and don't have to um pull ourselves out of that situation um that he was in in Haiti to try to you know to to get here um so you know uh you know the goal obviously is you know to make it easy make it make it a little easier for each generation that comes after that they have more opportunities than than you did and and i think and i think in order to do that though you have to you have to have that same you have to have that same work ethic. it you have to have some of it you may not be able to have that exact same work but it it's 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 not it's not it's not for free it's it's not for free and it's not easy necessary, it's tough
1: it's it's, t- it's it's tough it's tough necessary ingredient no matter what you yeah. have to have that yeah yeah you have to have that without a doubt it's always a component of it and that's that accounts for on the presumption that yeah luck will not be running and following you around so on the presumption that luck will not be running and following you around you have to make up a little bit with that necessary ingredient of hard work and discipline that's without a doubt yeah,
0: and and when that luck comes, if you haven't been doing what you were supposed to be doing, it's not going. To, it's not going to mean anything. It's just gonna. It's just gonna pass you by. It's it just gonna be. By. It's just going to be a missed opportunity that you can't take advantage of
1: because you weren't doing what you needed to be doing. That's right. Yeah, you only get very lucky once the, the yeah. preparation is there at the ready and waiting. Yeah. You know, if there were no preparation at the ready and waiting, then. You know the luck may not apply to you.
0: Yeah. Did you uh, did you ever did you ever read The Alchemist? The
1: Alchemist. Yeah.
0: It's kind of it's a, it's a, it's a book pretty much on that on that on that same principle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A mentor of mine at work, um, one of the other black uh, like the at the time he was the one other. He was the one black person at my job in a in an executive position, and. I guess he, he took an interest in, um, like my work ethic, my work ethic and my potential, uh, and then uh, you know one day he gave me, um, uh, uh, he gave me that book, and basically it's a short short book, easy to, easy to read book uh, uh, called The Alchemist, and basically it's this it's this book about being like taking advantage of the opportunities that uh that 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 come to you like as you as you're on a path pretty much the book saying as you're as you're on a path toward a a, a goal like pretty much like the universe aligns mm-hmm. to help you get to that goal so um you know it's kind of like that that luck that luck thing but the book is pretty much saying it's it's, it's not it's not really
1: luck yeah, but based As, on your preparation, based on
0: based on your preparation, based on what you're doing, based on how serious you're taking to take advantage your of that mission, opportunity. Yes, these these the they, like the universe is almost conspiring to <laughs> to your favor. It's your favor to allow you to get to help you get to where you want to go. Gotcha, so it's, gotcha. it's 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 a great book. To yeah, no. it's, a, it's a great book. If anyone yeah. out there hasn't read it, The Alchemist, uh, highly recommended wonderful. Highly recommended book. Wonderful. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, um you know, th- uh, for those you know listening Thanksgiving will be t- will be will be tomorrow. Uh, we are recording this on 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 Monday. And um you know, just really thankful to Will be Thursday you mean. Thanksgiving. Yeah. So what yeah. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. will be Thursday, but mm-hmm. this podcast comes out on Wednesday. So yes. Thanksgiving will be quote unquote tomorrow to sure. anyone listening to this on yep. Wednesday. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, just, just thankful, thankful to have had the opportunity to grow up with, with my grandfather for yes. as as long as I did. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, um, uh, He's the originator. The originator. I mean, I, I, just, so, just so many, so many fond memories of him, just at mm-hmm. at, at at family functions, and I really do um, just appreciate all the all all, all the all the talks. He, he never he never he doesn't give up on anyone. You know what I mean? No, just, never. just always just yeah. like just always pushing you yeah. to do to be your best, better, and and, yeah. and do more, and yeah. regardless of whether you're bringing home a ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great, but he thinks that you can do better than that.
1: Yeah, and when, when he passed also, I mean, there were so many of his friends, you know. I was trying to analyze why did he have so many different fr- friends who loved and appreciated him so much as if he was something to everyone. And one of the things I came to understand over the years, he was if he, when he needed to be calm, he'd be calm. When he needed to be a little bit more aggressive, he'd be more aggressive. When he needed to just be a friend listening two friends he would be that to them when they needed advice he would be a friend to just give that advice and I come to realize there was a song that says every woman and I realized he was every man <laughs> you know he was every man you know he was like you know a friend a father a husband an advisor to a lot of different you know to you know to a good a friend to a lot of different people unfortunately you know just a husband just uh, to my mother. That's not what I was saying at all, but you know, you I understand. Think, what I'm think saying. That goes without saying. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it was interesting. You know, I'm like, yeah, he was every man. You know, he was every man, yeah. and so many different different people liked him. So many different of his friends. You know, they always thought of him, um, so highly. It's amazing. Yeah, and you know, and it, it was cool. It was it was cool to
0: to get older and have to make important life decisions and you know, even though, you know, Grandpa's so 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 much older than me, and 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 grew up in a different time in a different era. He was one hundred percent one of you know few people that you know have two three people. Not I want to say I have like a cabinet in my, in my head. I joke around and say that I have a I have a cabinet of of people I rely on uh, when I have like important decisions to make or want to bounce mm-hmm. ideas off of. Uh, you and you and him were certainly one of them. Yeah. Thank, I would always you. ask. I would always. I would always ask for his perspective because he's going to give you a, 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 a. He's he's going to give you his advice based on all of his years of experience. And right. all the things that he's gone through that you That's I would right. have no idea of. And regardless of whether or not it, it's up to me to decide whether or not it makes sense mm-hmm. to apply that to whatever situation I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always his advice was always you know uh, of course. Great and, and and important, and um, some of the advice that I've taken from him mm-hmm. and, and 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 you mm-hmm. is the reason why I'm you know kind of in 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 some of the positions that I'm that I'm in today. Yeah, that's great. So that and, that and truly have like changed my life.
1: You that's know? great. And the good thing with you, I say the other side as well. It takes it takes two, says that you know you always seek the advice to do better and make yourself better. So that's one of the great things you have going for you. You're okay with seeking and adopting the the good advice. Yeah, yeah. You know, cause it, it, it's always uh two sided no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: I'm I I i I'm, I'm 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 thankful and giving thanks to, you know having taken a having cared to Know my grandfather and, and and spend time with him, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm and I'm happy that we're we're having this conversation because you know it's good to you know make sure that you know his his, his memory continues. Yeah, his memory continues, and, and so does his legacy. Absolutely, his yeah, legacy, and then you know his stories. I'm sure this won't be the you know the last time that we, that we, we talk about him.
1: Absolutely, this is nothing but an introduction. That's, yeah, yeah, this is that's that's it.
0: And uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm thankful for um, you know I'm thankful for family. On, Definitely on Thanksgiving.
1: Definitely, and, um, and especially pertaining to what you're saying right now, especially for my my sons as well. I'm happy that whatever amount of years they were able to know and live with their grandfather, that they knew of him, they saw him in the flesh. And over the years, certain things I have no doubt they'll appreciate even more when they become exactly you know more into their manhood to always think back and appreciate and know th- who their grandfather was and that, yes, he's the one who started all of this in New York and America, um, not me. Yeah. <laughs> so I always tell him, yeah, you know, whatever that you may want to be trying to do or achieve, you know, I try to give them, of course, the best examples that I possibly can as I, myself and, you know, my wife takes care of them. But yeah, you could go back, one generation to your grandfather in terms of you know examples legend legend it's legendary yeah. legendary in, term, in in terms of achievement that's yeah. without a doubt that's without a doubt it's truly amazing mhm
0: yeah so you know uh glad i got to see you before thanksgiving absolutely same here well you know i, I we'll we'll figure something out i know um uh i think uh, there's to be in chat sent something else yeah, pertaining yeah, to, 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 to to maybe to get on a, a Zoom virtual. or something yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely do that
1: uh, so yeah looking forward to it so um, happy Thanksgiving same here thank you very much and to all of our listeners happy Thanksgiving 2020 to you yeah and um, just as of course as a final reminder you know uh, as you give thanks to all the things you treasure and concentrate on the good and great people of your life and your heroes
0: yeah and uh one thing you always say is just um you know make sure that you're you're spending time with the people that you care about while they're here absolutely because they won't always be yes yes so show them show those people that you appreciate them while they're alive alive.
1: that's important okay thank you everyone for listening
0: that does it for today's episode of between my uncle and me again i'm alex and i'm luke please subscribe to the podcast on itunes and spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts and don't forget to leave us a review look out for new episodes every wednesday and send us emails at pod at gmail.com take care of yourselves until next time
1: bye bye